What's up, y'all? Welcome to this week's episode of Saturdays and Seltzers. Happy to be back after two weeks off. Happy to catch up with you guys, talking a little bit about the Bruins and Jags season so far, catching up with all of the hot stories in sports. Um, So let's have a good one. We love you guys so much. Missed you. Let's go. Sarah, Kendra, I see you ladies. Y'all know what time it is. Uh. Uh. Looking like you just graduated. Coming from a place they all gravitating. Looking like a boss, I just had to say. I know you got the sauce, no potato bread. All right, sis, knock him out, Mike Tyson. And I like it. Show me a place I can buy it. I'm Andy Towers, and you're listening to Saturdays and Seltzers. Let's fucking go. What is up, party people? Welcome back to Saturdays and Seltzers, or welcome if you are new here. My name is Kendra Middleton alongside Sarah Griffin. As always, it has been two weeks since we recorded a show, so buckle up. This is probably going to be a pretty long one, especially since every sport is going on at the moment, so we have a lot to catch up on. Um, per usual, we will start with our high low hero, which is our high of the last week, our low of our last week and our hero of our last week. But I guess it's two weeks since we've talked to you guys. So we're kind of just going to throw it all in here. Um, Sarah, first off, how are we doing before we get into HLH? Sorry, I forgot to ask. Pretty good. Busy, but definitely, you know, kind of what I expected with NHL season starting again, but good. Yeah. I feel like this time of year, like if you work in sports is just... It's awesome because like being busy is better than not being busy and having sports is better than not having sports. But you just kind of, when you're so overwhelmed at first and you haven't really established like your routine for the season, even if you've done it 8 million times, even if you've never done it, you still have to establish some sort of like routine in your life. And that's like the hardest part about it sometimes. Yeah. A thousand percent. I've been like, I missed a couple of freelance deadlines, uh, probably a few weeks ago, but just because one NHL was starting and I'm back in my seasonal role, but also I'm at a full-time role now in something else that I'll eventually get to. I haven't officially announced that yet, but yeah. And then also just school in general. So it's been kind of a shit show figuring out, finding time for everything. Had in our notes to say, I mean, I've said congratulations to you about the Flyers gig already, but if you are listening to the show and you didn't know that Sarah is doing some coverage for the Flyers now, congratulations, Sarah. And I love your new hair. Thank you. Thank you. It looks very good. I like it a lot. I think it's a positive change. It is. It was much needed too. I cannot continue to keep swimming blonde. Yeah. And I feel like, you know, it's fall. So it makes sense. It's like not as much work. You're so busy now that like, you don't even want to have to think about it. And like, now you can just kind of like, let it rock. Exactly. How do you, how do you feel about like the lack of maintenance? So that's probably like a big relief. Oh my God. It's like so much fucking nicer. Even my hairdresser said it. He's like, I'm sad. I'm not going to see you as often. I was like, I love you to death but I am not <laughs> my wallet's not going to yeah and also like I have to drive back to North Attleboro every time and then mm-hmm. like you have to buy like the special like shampoo conditioner do all the hair mask all the hair treatment and now I'm just like whatever and I've already started because like I was bleaching my hair so it was like so much damage to it mm-hmm. so I've been doing like damage control the last couple of weeks and already I can see a difference and it's so nice <laughs> I know that was my thing so I I'm sure I think you actually liked it on TikTok or something, but I was so stupid and tried one of those filters where it shows you you as a brunette. 
Yeah. And I like fell in love with it. I was like, I love this. I want to do it so bad. But my mom talked me out of it because I too was bleaching my hair because my hair was like white because I was going through like that Daenerys Targaryen phase in college and stuff. So I was bleaching the fuck out of my hair. And I have spent the last two years growing it out. Like this is all my natural hair color. And I'm just like, as bad as I want to do it, I don't think that I can justify the amount of work I've put in getting my hair to get back to this. Yeah, that's what my hairdresser said to me. He's like, just so you know, like once like all that's out and stuff, like it's going to be really hard to go back. Like you can't just waltz back in next summer. Like actually I do want to go back, but I'm like, no, like I do not have the energy or money to continue this. Yeah, exactly. So Anyways, I like it. Congrats on the uh, the big change. Even, like, I don't care if you're a guy and you listen to this show and you don't think like your hair change is a big deal. It's a big deal. Like girls get really attached to their hair. Guys too. Like I am so attached to my hair. Yeah, I was like sad at first because I did love the blonde so much, but I just feel so much better. Yeah, definitely better change. Okay. Well, what is your other highs of the last two weeks? Okay, so my two highs, I'm actually going to Bruins tonight. This is like my first night off, night off. So I'm super excited about that. Um, Also, the new Taylor Swift album comes out at midnight tonight. So I'm excited about those two things. Can we talk about how you're excited about the new Taylor Swift album coming out at midnight? And I'm like, yeah, the new Call of Duty game comes out today. Uh, that's, that's awesome. like my sister's been texting me about like fucking like Grand Theft Auto. I was like, Lauren, I don't know what any of these words mean. Okay, I will say this, like, I think the last time, because we were recording together the last time the new Taylor something came out, I think it was like her rendition of Red or whatever. Yeah. Um, I will listen to it. If the whole thing is good, you'll have to let me know. But only mm-hmm. if I should listen to certain songs, you'll let me know because I obviously we've been through it. Like, I'm not the biggest Taylor Swift music fan or like Taylor Swift fan or whatever. It's like not a pick me thing. Like her just her music doesn't speak to me. Mm-hmm. Um. But I will listen to it because I feel like anytime like there's anything that's online, we've talked about this before too. Like anytime anyone's talking about things, I feel left out, like not knowing. Yeah, I did see, apparently, I don't know if you like Lord. I'm a big Lord fan. Me too. Yeah. So it was, this album's compared a lot, I guess, to melodrama. And then also it received like a perfect score of a hundred from the independent. And they said it is very like melodrama-esque. And okay. that's like one of my favorite, that's one of my top three albums, I think of all time. So I have very high expectations for this album. (laughs) Well, if that's true, like, I feel it's a good season for her to drop it then because we're kind Mm -hmm. of entering like that part of the year, which would be nice. And it might like help me like it more. Yeah, for sure. Okay. All right. Going to the Bruins and Taylor Swift album. Like to hear it. Um, My high was coming home to my bed after a week of being in Wisconsin. Like I truly did not appreciate it enough and I think that I've decided to like upgrade my space a little bit and like Mm -hmm. put a tv back in my room just because I realized like how much like comfort like being in your own bed kind of brings you after like oh a thousand after like a really long week yeah so I'm just like really thankful for the little things at the moment that's for sure um okay what is I'm gonna go ahead and say Milo just because it's very obvious like my grandfather passed away. Like I've been dealing with all of that. I have like a really serious appreciation for life right now. Like it was super unexpected. Um, it was like a medical malpractice situation. Thanks to everyone who's reached out to me over the last, uh, week or two. It's definitely been like crazy. And it's like, it's weird. Like 
when you watch your parents like lose a parent because you obviously like have those like tough conversations with your parents about like okay well like they wanted this like what would you potentially want like how do you want to go through this and stuff like that and it's like my mom's a single mom you know like and I'm her only kid so it was just like very real to kind of have some of those conversations with my mom and like not that my mom and I aren't best friends already but it's like I feel very close to her and like very appreciative for her right now and it's just like I I don't know like whenever crazy things like this happen in life I feel like you just have like a sad reason to appreciate it more but I do no I completely get that like spot on yeah yeah I will say like obviously it's not a funny situation but it was kind of a funny situation because I was on I was live on Twitch when my mom called to tell me that it happened just because like we weren't really expecting it to happen yeah Um, so like the people who were on there, like that was kind like, that's like, that's like my like dark sense of humor. Like, I think that that's kind of funny just because I share so much of my life with the internet that like, Mm -hmm. of course, like I would be like live and my Twitch mod is awesome. Um, so thanks to Caleb, but he actually like cut the stream so that people who weren't watching couldn't go back and like see my reaction, which was awesome. Shout out to him. He's Oh, that's nice. guy. Yeah. So yeah, he, he was awesome. Um, but yeah, like it was just kind of like, I, I had, I was like broadcasting on my phone and like my mom's calling. So I like answered my watch and I was like, Hey, like, uh, is this like something I should get off the stream for? And she was like, yeah. And she was like crying and like that sort of thing. And I was like, Oh shit. Like I gotta go. So yeah, it, it's like, I, I like to like kind of find like the funny moments and stuff like that, but I'm, I'm okay. Like for the people who reached out, like 85 is like, even though it was unexpected, like, I feel like 85, you, you lived a good one, you know? Slay. So big slay. what was your <laughs> low of the last? Oh, wait. I, yeah. No, I didn't ask you your low. What are your lows? Um, kind of just what I was saying earlier, just figure out work, school, seasonal depression all at one time. Uh, yeah, it just hasn't been great, but that's all right. Yeah. I like, it kind of threw me for like, a loop that hockey and basketball are already back. Like it doesn't feel like it's already about to be cold again. I can't handle it. It's just like brutal. There's like some days I work like nine to five and then I have one hour and then I'm working six to two. And I did that last week, like five or six days in a row. And I was like, I need to quit everything. Like I don't want to do the same. Like I had like a breakdown. (laughs) I had last night off and then I have tonight off. Obviously I'm getting out of the apartment. That's the other thing working from home. Like I feel so trapped in this fucking apartment. Me too. The only times I was actually talking about this to one of my friends yesterday. It's like the only times that I leave my apartment is like when I'm doing something with Jackson Mm -hmm. because I work from home most of the time, like if I'm not somewhere like filming something or something like that, like, which is cool, like to be on location and stuff, but it's like 90% of the time I'm at home and I'm working so much that I don't have the energy to like leave my apartment. And I know that that doesn't help my mental, but like I should yeah. do it more, but I just don't. Yeah. The last week, cause I do like to like go on like runs and stuff. I'm like, I have a fucking hour of free time. Like I'm not using, like I'm using it to eat. <laughs> mm-hmm. Lay yeah. down. Yeah, know. maybe brush your hair, brush your teeth kind of thing. <laughs> like, like not be disgusting. Yeah. People like people don't get people who like all like who work full time and then also freelance on the side, like both of us. And then mm-hmm. obviously, like you can't quit like your passion projects and your hobbies either, because then otherwise you just become like a shell of a human being. So it's like finding that balance is really tough. And if you're going through it, like you are truly not alone. And please like don't forget that because you're not. 
I will say one of my professors emailed me because I was late on assignment. I'm never late with stuff. He's like, just like checking in. Is everything good? Like, he's like, I've noticed kind of a drop off in your work. He's like, it's not bad or anything. But like, I was like, honestly, like everything has just like started at once for me in the last couple of weeks. So school has been kind of on the back burner, which isn't great to say. But yeah. It's like, I'm like, I've never really wanted to do stuff for school, like the day that it's due, but it's mm-hmm. like, I'll be like, okay, this is due in two hours. I'm just starting it now, which I hate that, but I'm like, yeah, I just also need sleep. I don't know. But at least you've like established that you are a hard worker and like you're present to the point where like they're noticing a drop off and it's not like you just never were performing. Yeah. Yeah. No, I appreciate him saying that. I was like, Okay, good. I'm glad you've seen like what I actually like am capable of yes. and not just like this girl's a bum. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, it, and it's cool when you can be vulnerable with professors like that because it's like, yeah, dude, like I'm working like two or three jobs and I'm going to school. Like I, I'm, I'm doing my best here, but like, I appreciate you like looking out like professors yeah. like that. I am so like, I was so thankful for when I was in school and I do not envy you and the fact that you still have homework. <laughs> I could never. I was so bad in school. Like I was one of those people. I was always really present in class, like participated in class, like class participation and stuff Mm -hmm. like that. But I did not give a fuck about homework because I was always working full-time, interning full-time, had a dog, like all that shit. So like kudos to you. Yeah. Now I feel like if I wasn't working full-time, then I would like love the program I'm in because it is so much like research and writing all the time, which is right up my alley, but Mm -hmm. I just don't have enough time to like invest in it as I probably should be, but that's another issue. (laughs) Yep. All right. What is your hero, m'lady? Um, this one may be a little dark. (laughs) We love it. I put Kalan Finn. As you should. We keep it real around here. Honestly, the savior the last few weeks, dude. That's okay. Like, to like truly, like I I applaud you for saying that because I think that there's a lot of stigma around like mental health and like getting Mm -hmm. through shit. Like, if you feel like you need to be medicated or are medicated and you feel bad talking about it, don't. I'll be the first person to tell you. Like, if you're focusing on you and getting you right, do not ever feel guilty for that. No, and obviously it's different for everyone, but like for me personally, it's been such a help. So. Definitely, if you're like you, like you said, there's definitely stigma around it, but worth looking into, I'd say, just from personal experience. Definitely, I applaud you this week, Sarah Griffin. <laughs> um, my hero is like I feel like I don't know if it's like a karmic cycle that's going on in my life, or if like something with this eclipse is like coming up. If you're not a star slut, like fine, whatever. I am. Don't shave me or do. I don't really care. Um, but like. I've had five or six people who have like definitely done me wrong in like the last like six months or so of my life, like circle back around and either give me a really good apology or give me the opposite of a really good apology. And it's like, I just feel like finding out who the trash in your life is, is really, it's shitty sometimes, but like, it's kind of awesome because like, not only are you like able to like move forward or like close a door or whatever, but it's like, you can also like mend some of those relationships. Like I've had so many people like come back around these last couple of days and it's like, it's been really hard and it's been a lot on me, but I think like at the end of the day, like it's a real positive. Absolutely. So just for clarity sake. Oh my God. Yeah. And it's like, I, I respect people who like are able to like actually apologize and stuff like that. But like, I, I just like, I don't know, like things like this happen. It's just weird how, whenever it does, it's not just like one person, it's like mm-hmm. multiple. 
yeah that's how it does seem to always usually go they all yeah. come like flooding in back at like the worst possible time yeah or like it's always like a really really good time where like you don't really want that like high to like come down at all or like yeah. a really real low where it's like okay like I need to like not focus on where I'm at and like deal with this so this is like a very like mental health focused opener, <laughs> but like, I feel like a lot of people need to hear this shit right now because a lot of my friends are going through it. So like, if, if you take like one thing away from this episode or like this intro conversation, like you are valid, like so valid in your feelings. A thousand percent. Yes. Um, so that being said, I guess we'll kind of move on into the rest of our show, our sports stuff. We always open with baseball. Um, we didn't really talk a whole lot about baseball this year. We were way into baseball last year, but just because both of our teams like didn't really perform the way we thought yeah. they would. But I watch the postseason for every sport. Like I think that any sports fan does. Um, I guess we can start with the Phillies. I, I I love your Phillies note, and I've seen a lot of memes about it. So let's start there. Yeah. So I put down that the Phillies. First off. I decided the Phillies are my postseason team just because after mm-hmm. the Mariners got eliminated, I was like, okay, I guess. But either way, I'm like Phillies or Padres. Once it comes to the World Series, I'm good with either of those teams winning. I just yeah. don't want to see either of those AL team winnings. Mm-hmm. I do think the Phillies are a team of destiny. I don't love that they ripped off the Sox victory song. And I know everyone's yeah. like, oh, well, Kyle Schwarber brought it over. I'm like, okay, but they're just like, I don't know, maybe it's just because last year was such like a fun postseason mm-hmm. and that was such a big part of the Red Sox run now to see it again. I'm like, fuck you guys. Like I'm cheering for you, but can you pick a different song? <laughs> which my Snapchat memories today are us on the green monster, by the <laughs> way, which tragic. Um, but yeah, so I've seen a lot of people talking about that on Twitter, especially like kind of interacting with us. I know that you have like some of your mentions off and stuff, but because we're like, I would say like a secondary Philly, like Philadelphia (laughs) podcast. Like we love Philly sports. Like it is what it is. If you want to get mad about that, then do it. I don't really give a shit. Like I love Philly sports. So like I'm all in on the Phillies, but some guy was like, I'm a Phillies fan. And I think it's bullshit that we're ripping off the Red Sox. Why can't we be original and do our own shit? This is so lame, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, I could not agree more. Yeah. I did not see that mentioned, but Exactly. Like I really do like the Phillies, but I like any other song. You can pick any other song. And again, I get it. Like Kyle Schwarber, does he know more music? Like there's so many options. That was literally last year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, literally. Yeah. You could like there are so many songs you could use. Literally anything. And you pick the one song that it's not even like the Red Sox just started doing it. No. And like truthfully, like when you really listen to that song, it's not a celebratory song. So that just makes it even weird. Like I get like the remix of it, like it's like a beat, like dancing, whatever. But I'm like, the original is depressing as all hell. <laughs> and I'm like, it's weird that the Red Sox even latched on to that, but I know it was because of Kevin Ploiecki. Like that was his like walk-up song, whatever. But I'm like, okay, that's their reason. Like Kevin Ploiecki started it. And then like, Phillies, you need like an actual emotional connection to it. <laughs> yes, agree. Ugh. So- I put in our notes, the only other thing that I wanted to talk about in the NL is if someone told you at the beginning of the season that it would be the Padres and the Phillies, what would you have said? I'm like the Padres. Okay. I could maybe see it like, yeah, like the Dodgers obviously are such a powerhouse that no one, but I'm like the Padres had the roster. They made all these moves at the trade deadline that it's like, okay, like they got, went out and got Juan Soto, but the Phillies, 
when like when you think of the NL East, it was like, okay, who's gonna come out of it? Is it gonna be the Braves? Is it gonna be the Mets? It's been a blood mm-hmm. battle between the two. Like the Phillies didn't start off that great, you know, they had a tough started season. Everyone kind of wrote them off by like May. And then they just like glide on in through like the wild card. And now they're what, like three wins away from going to the World Series? It's giving the New York Rangers for me. <laughs> Like, I don't know why it just, it feels like that. I feel like I, I, I prefer the Phillies obviously, but I don't care who makes it just because I have this in our notes too. We could kind of use this as a transition to talk about the AL, the Yankees versus the Astros could not be more boring. It feels like I'm choosing between Satan and the devil. And I just like, I don't fucking care. Oh yeah. That's what I put it. The vibes of the NLCS are so much better than the ALCS. I'm like, that is so boring. Like, I don't care to see Yankees Astros. Good. I hate both those teams. Like, yeah, I guess I want the Astros to come out of it, but that's just like, I, hate I don't the think I do. Yankees. See, I just like grow, like, I could never, ever. I hate, pick I the, hate Yankees. the, yeah, I hate the Yankees. I really, really do. Like, they are my least favorite team. But also, I think about it and I'm like, okay, I, and this is why the Yankees are my least favorite team in all of sports, but I'm almost like, I feel as though if Aaron judge wins a world series, it might even help the Red Sox like claim to get him, especially if they're not spending any money anywhere else. I don't think like, I think that it could help the Red Sox case. Ugh, I didn't know. I hate the Yankees too much. I can never <laughs> know. I want the Astros to win, but then I want whoever in the NL to come out to beat them. Yeah, I agree. Whoever comes out of the national happen. league, I'm <laughs> in, but I, I don't know. Like, I feel like if, I'm at, here's my thing. Yeah, cool. If the Yankees win a World Series, that would fucking suck for everybody. But imagine the ultimate fuck you if Aaron Judge has the season that he did and then wins a World Series and fucking leaves. <laughs> I would like that, but I don't want Yankees fans to even be able to say, oh, well, at least we won one with Aaron Judge. I don't just want, want him to have yeah. that satisfaction. Okay. Hey, that's so valid. That is so valid. Um. But yeah, I just, I'm kind like, I'm kind of just bored. Like I'm looking for reasons to care. I really am. But like outside of the national league, like I just don't, I don't care until the world's into the world series. Like I'm probably like, I'm, I'm just over it. Like I'll keep up yeah. with the Yankees and Astros on my phone, but like, I just, yeah, I just kind of check on the scores. Yeah. Like I've been, I've been, I'll, I'll watch, I'll watch the Phillies games, like whatever. I'll put on but, in the background, but yeah. Yeah. Like I, the other night I had the Bruins on my TV Celtics on my second TV. And then I had the, the baseball game on my computer and it's like, I don't have the volume on for it, but like, I'll glance over at it. Yeah. I like during intermissions of Bruins games, I'll like switch over just to see the score, but I just don't care. <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right. Uh, that's all I got to say for baseball. I don't know if you have anything else to say. Oh, just that Garrett Cole. He makes me laugh. I think he's a living meme. Everything about him is so funny to me. And like, it's not like, oh, funny. Like he's a funny guy. Like he's just funny to laugh at. <laughs> he, I can't remember why he was in the news the other day. Was it like a speech he gave her in the locker room yeah, or something? Like, so, uh, yeah. So, uh, <laughs> yes, yes. And he sounds like Kermit the Frog. It's fucking unreal. I just, him and I, I have in our notes to talk about Russell Wilson later, but we can talk about it now. <laughs> Those two are the cringiest dudes in sports. Russell Wilson, he's the same exact deal. Like just a living meme, so easy to laugh at. Like you're not laughing with him, you're just laughing at him. <laughs> Dude, 
I'm not laughing with you at all. The other night, like they're so bad. And then when he gets up at the podium for like post-game press conferences and he's like, Broncos country, let's ride. Like no matter what, it's like, just shut Enough. the fuck up. Enough. And then yesterday, that video that came out of him where he was saying he has Wolverine blood. <laughs> what? Jail. <laughs> I think Sierra should give future a second chance. That's what I'm like. I see all those memes that are like, this guy's the reason we can't listen to future. In yes. Yes. <laughs> like, they got to be pissed. I know. I, someone tweeted the other day and I like quote tweeted, they were like, wrong answers only. What is he listening to? And I was like, I know it's not future, but maybe it should be. Yeah. <laughs> like, Something to get some spark under him. Yeah. I, yeah. I don't know, dude. He just, he grinds my gears real bad. Yeah. Um, all right. Let's talk about some football stuff. You have a football note and I know I that you have been keeping up with some NFL shit. So let's get into it, Sarah. Yeah. Um, fly goes fly. Go birds. <laughs> You're, yep. Uh, our last episode was right before the Jags played the Eagles. We obviously had a really fucking miserable game if you're a Jags fan. So congratulations to Sarah. But the Eagles look fucking good. And I, I mean, the Eagles would be probably my second or third team outside of the Lions if the Jags went to London, just mm-hmm. because I feel like I can't fully hop on the bandwagon. But you guys know we fucking love the Eagles. I'm happy for the Eagles. I'm happy for Jalen Hurts. Like, they're a fucking fun team to watch. I fucking love Jalen Hurts. I've been on, like, such a spiral, just, like, getting, like, stalking every bit of his life. And, like, the more I find out about this man, the more I'm just, like, in love. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I meant to put that in our notes, too. So Sarah sent me this the other day. I actually didn't know this. His like marketing team is all women. Yeah, his entire management team, like his marketing, his social, his agents, like communications, everything. That is so awesome. And then I was so annoyed because I saw some girl make a TikTok about it. And um, some like boy commented and was like, oh, like I heard Deshaun Watson's is too. And I was like gonna like, you know, I don't like to fight back with people, but I was like, this is just like so fucking annoying comments to make. I look at the replies to it and it's all like boys laughing, but then there's this one girl and she's like, OMG, I'm dead. I'm like, you fucking pick me ass bitch. Like, yeah. get the fuck out of here. Yeah. Oh. Fuck you, bitch. I do want to talk about TikTok comments for a second and shout out Sarah Siv. I laugh so hard at least once a week at Sarah Siv because <laughs> I am so unhinged on TikTok. Like it is the one social media that like I don't give a fuck how cringy I am like I don't care like TikTok is like my anti-safe space and yeah. I will comment on hinge shit on people's TikToks for the fuck of it and oh. every once in a while like especially when I'm high like late at night I forget that I do it and then like once a week a like on a fucking fucked up comment on someone's TikTok that I made I'll get a like from Sarah Siv on that comment and I'm like okay. I forget that people see these no, literally same. And it was because Sarah liked one of my comments on a TikTok. And I was like, oh my God, like people are seeing what I'm writing. And like, usually it's just maybe like, love this or I love you. Like, like the weirdest shit because I forget other people see them. Dude, I forget people do too because I just get so high to go to bed at night. And then I see Sarah Siv liking my like unhinged <laughs> ass comments, like talking shit to people on TikTok. And I'm like, I forget that people could see this and that this is not a burner because TikTok <laughs> in general just feels like a giant burner yeah it really does so shout out Sarah Sam. <laughs> um I just want to like piggyback off of the uh Deshaun Watson thing because I have a note really quick I just want to say like another fucking allegation came out against him and I'm just like 
okay, well, why is nobody talking about it? Yeah. Like and now it's I'm, just like a part of the news cycle at this point. Yeah. I'm sick of talking about it. I'm I'm like, and it sucks because like, I don't want to be sick about talking about it because as a woman, I'm like, this is fucking absurd. But it's like, how many times can we sit here and say the same things until we're blue in the face and nothing happens? Yeah. So if you didn't hear that news, now you did. Um, we asked you guys on Twitter what you wanted to hear from us this week. And the big takeaway is we're Jags and Bruin stuff. So I have a pretty beyond in-depth Jags analysis that I'm going <laughs> to give you guys. And then we're going to move into a couple other NFL thoughts and then we'll move on to hockey. Basically, I made a couple points of how I want to like wrap up where I'm at in the season. Uh, I've come to the conclusion that we might actually be bad because we beat ourselves against like unbelievably shitty teams. And then when we look good, we also somehow lose. So like we lost to the commanders who fucking suck. Carson Wentz sucks and now he's hurt. Whatever. We beat a Colts team that never wins in Jacksonville. Awesome. Cool. It might be a fluke. We beat an injured Chargers team. I don't really take a dub from that because they're so fucking hurt. Like Justin Herbert was hurt. Keenan Allen's not yeah. playing like fine. I'll take the win, but like, I'm not, it's not a, it's not a proud win of mine. We beat ourselves against the Eagles and we lost to the fucking Texans where their only win. And then we blew it against the Colts again. And I think coaching has been an issue. Like game planning, I think hasn't been the worst, but the play calling has been fucking terrible, especially last weekend. I don't know what the fuck Doug Peterson was doing, but I was literally about to throw my phone through my screen. I was so angry. Trevor fumbled the ball more than any player in a single game this century against the Eagles. This century. This century, Sarah. Like, that's a fucking insane stat. And it was ugly. And the thing about it is that it was raining and you have a fucking top time, like top 10 in the league running back tandem. Like, James Robinson is fucking awesome. And he's healthy. Travis Etienne, awesome. Quick feet, fast, healthy. It's fucking raining. Why are you not running the ball? It's like basically like we game planned without like the weather in mind and we're just going to run the game plan that we had without taking the weather into consideration. And I get that Doug Peterson is like a quarterback minded coach, but it's like you have to take into consideration one, your young quarterback is obviously struggling. Two, turnovers are an issue. Three, it's fucking raining like hell. Like it was the second like wind of Ian hitting that area. And it's like, why do you want to put the ball in the air? It's hard to throw. It's hard to catch. Keep the ball on the ground. You have a team that can do that. And then like, it it just baffles my mind that they watched him struggle and continue to let him turn over the ball. And after that game in particular, a lot of people were calling Trevor Lawrence a bust. And it's like, I'm not really ready to use the word bust, but I like definitely am like having doubts. And it's like, it sucks that fans were sold on this. It, It, fans were sold on this like tag of him being like a generational talent. Mm -hmm. And it's like, this isn't the first time we've seen a quarterback come into the NFL with all these fucking high ass expectations and not live up to them. It happens. I I would say pretty often, like a lot of the quarterbacks in the league haven't come from being generationally talented tagged. Like a lot of them have come from smaller schools or whatever, or like weren't really highly ranked in the draft and they wind up being successful. Sure, there's a few that haven't been that way, but a lot of the times it goes that way. And so I'm having doubts. He had a good game last week, but he wasn't really asked to do anything outside of protecting the football. And I feel as though like Doug Peterson knows like Trevor's like 
mental struggle with the game because he obviously like how how would you not after fumbling the ball that many times and having that many turnovers obviously not be feeling confident in yourself which I think is why they had him have like a couple QB sneaks a couple keepers for two TDs and a couple first downs on those like third and short on the goal line opportunities, fourth and shorts, whatever. I think he needed to get his confidence up with ball security. And I think that Doug knew that. And I am proud of them for running the ball and knowing that they could run the ball against the Colts. But then you get into the part where our defense didn't step up and our defense has been the biggest part and the most successful part of this team so far. And it's like, Trayvon Walker had two penalties and back-to-back weeks that resulted in scoring drives, which were the difference makers in each loss. And regardless, like that's a discipline issue. Like I know he's a rookie. The first week that penalty was so bad, so bad. And it, it caused a score. And last week, sure, that one wasn't as bad and you can call it a rookie mistake, whatever, but it's still back-to-back weeks. And that's a discipline issue in my mind, especially when both of those could have been a three and out situation, four and out situation, whatever. Instead, they resulted in scores. And then obviously Shaq Griffin also needed to be benched last week. And I think that that's also a coaching issue because there needs to be some accountability. And I I hope that he is sat quite a bit this week. But that being said, when both sides of the ball are failing to get better each week, that's an issue for me because like you, you have to get better every week. I said heading into this season that like I wanted to win six or seven games. I, I just want to, and even if that's not the case, I just wanted them to get a little bit better every week. Mm-hmm. And I've, I failed to see that happen. And it's like, how is the offense progressing and the defense is regressing or the defense is progressing and the offense <laughs> is progressing. Like you can't have that happen, especially with a young team. And now you're heading into the part of like the get right part of your schedule against a team and the giants that is five and one and wasn't expected to be. And you're favored in this game. And they aren't as good as their record saying, and they're injured and you have to win this game. Like you just, you do. And then you're headed to London where you play really well in London and it's against the Broncos who for some reason can't even put up a touchdown to save their life. And it gets back into the Russell Wilson conversation, which is like, I don't, I don't know what's going on with him, but when we came into this season, like we expected this to be the hard part of our schedule. And it's now the easy part of the schedule because the AFC West isn't what people thought it would be. The Raiders kind of stink. The Broncos are obviously bad. The Giants are better than people thought they would be, but I think they're fake good. So it's like, this has got to be the get right part of your season. And I just don't have the confidence in them to be able to do that because I, I, I they can't get on the same page. Mm-hmm. And I just, it's a winnable division and there's a rookie contract, which is why I don't think you could be doing these things right now. And I don't think it's a lot to ask to not drop these next two games, but you have to at least win one of them. And I have a feeling that they're going to beat the giants and then lose to the Broncos in London. And I think that that's just terrible. My last thought is I'm, I'm a lot of people are talking about like maybe them trading for DJ Moore or something like that. And I'm on the opposite end where I'm hoping that they don't make any moves for the trade deadline, because I don't think that they have a ton of playoff hopes or aspirations, even though it's an easy division, I think they should keep the picks that they have, keep the cap, the team's young enough to maybe make something happen the next year or more realistically the year after that. Or like, I just like, I don't, you have to save some sort of money and build for the future because you're either going to be paying to keep this defense together. Or if Trevor can turn it around, you're going to be paying Trevor. So like, and and I don't, I don't think that Trevor is going to turn it around enough for us to have to give him like, Lamar Jackson money or Kyler money or whatever. Like, I just don't see that happening. Like, I think that he's maybe on another contract, like he's not going to get a Patrick Mahomes 10 year deal. Like it's just, it's not going to happen. You know, Um, do I think he can turn it around? Yeah. But 
he's definitely shooting himself in the foot a little bit as far as money goes. So it's like, you're going to have to shell out the money for the defense, keep the picks, keep the team young, keep them cheap and maybe try and chase a 2024, whatever. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of where I'm at with that. That was long winded, but a lot of people have been asking my thoughts. So I wanted to address it here. Sorry for the rant. Um, couple other things. I wanted to talk to you about the Bailey Zappi Mac Jones situation. So obviously like Sarah is an Eagles fan, but grew up a Patriots <laughs> fan. And that's like something that we see a lot on our timeline here. I love how Patriots fans were so quick to turn on Mac Jones. It's fucking hilarious. <laughs> I love it. Cause you know that I'm not a Mac Jones fan, but I'm fucking here for it. I'm like, you people will go to bat for Mac Jones. Any fucking chance you get. Then he gets injured. And like, that, like we saw how, like he was like crying off the field. Like mm-hmm. that's tough. I'm kind of shocked that he's already back now. Like I know they said that Me he's too. starting this week. And I was like, Drama. okay. And immediately they're like, it's just like their brains. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, nope, Bailey Zappi, he's a starter. He's proven himself, like, blah, 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 like, all this stuff. <laughs> like, what the fuck happened to, like, last month when you guys are like, Mac doesn't get enough respect. Like, he is one of the mm-hmm. best. Like, he's going to be one of the best. Like, all this stuff. I'm like, and now Bailey Zappi, who none of you even knew who he was two weeks ago. <laughs> and they're like, nope, it, that's our starter. <laughs> it's awesome. I just love the Patriots fans like, oh, shiny new toy. Like, what? But like, I do know that Kraft favors him. I don't think that the coaching staff has like, I mean, I think that they're obviously going to stick with Mac Jones just because he's known the system for a year. And like, that's the obvious choice. Like he has the experience, but I do know Bob Kraft seems to favor Bailey. But the thing for me is that like, when I tweeted this during the draft, I'm pretty sure I could go dig it up if somebody wants to. I tweeted when they drafted Bailey Zappi that, People might not think that this is an issue for Mac Jones, but Mac Jones better watch his back because I think that Bailey or I think that Bailey Zappi absolutely could take over this team at some point if Mac comes back and doesn't perform because he's riding his back. You know, like Bailey Zappi had an insane. He was he had transferred to Western Kentucky for his last season and he broke all kinds of NCAA records like for yards. He broke uh, Joe Burrow's single season touchdown record by like three touchdowns, like fucking mm-hmm. lit it up. And it's like, when you have a kid like that, who came from a smaller school, transferred, fought his way to be a starter, and then had a season like that. And it's like, it's not like he's playing behind the best line in college football, the best receivers in college football, the best running backs in college football, like Mac Jones had the privilege to do. And now he's obviously on a team that doesn't have that much talent, but they're making the most of it because they have the coaching to do so. It's like, I don't, I just don't think that Mac Jones has that dog in him as the kids are saying so like he better watch his back and I was have dying oh go ahead I have, I have I one more say, have you seen all the drama with a fucking and I know he put out an apology this morning Ben what's his name Ben Bolin I know who he is but I don't know what happened oh my god so he made this insane claim that like the page I think he said like the Patriots were out on Mac Jones and that they don't like him do you want to know why he got an ego after he was sent to the Pro Bowl and he has not been the same since. That and is everyone's so like, funny. you just like blatantly made that up. Like that's the most insane shit. Of course, like so many like credible people are like, okay, like Mac Jones like doesn't like, yeah, he doesn't give much to the media, but like I can tell you right now, the pro bowl. 
And so Ben Mullen like tweeted this morning, like, I apologize for what I put out. Like that was not founded, like blah, blah, blah. And then everyone's like replying, like, you owe like Mac Jones an apology. You owe the organization apology. Like mm-hmm. that's straight up slander. You just mm-hmm. made that up. <laughs> I did not see that, but that's fucking funny. I it was, was just, just my like, own- the weirdest lie because it was like the Pro Bowl. <laughs> My only other comment about the Mac Jones situation was that I did not expect this tweet to get the reaction that it did, but I was covering the McCourty Bowl on Monday night mm-hmm. and I tweeted a video of him and Hunter Henry walking in. Hunter Henry was holding hands with his wife and Mac Jones was walking in with his girlfriend. And I don't know if it's Bill Belichick's daughter. I think it's his daughter. I'm not oh, yeah, positive. I think that's his daughter. I think it's his daughter. Um, and everyone was like either one making comments about his how he was like walking and like that's my QB one or QB two and tight end one like whatever and then like all the other ones were like he's my QB one because he's got two dates or like he stole Zappy's date or whatever like the interaction of different Patriots fans on that tweet was like a sweet treat for fucking football fans like that was just like a clusterfuck of people and it was fucking not my intention, but I was laughing. They are just unhinged. Unfucking hinged. I just don't think because the Patriots have had what two quarterbacks over like 30 years or something like that. I don't think that they know how to handle any sort of injury or controversy no. whatsoever. <laughs> it's and you would think, especially after the Cam Newton year, they'd be like, okay, well, you know what? Like that was kind of like rock bottom, like we're building we're building up like whatever you would think they would have that like sense especially being a Boston sports fan not like saying like oh like Boston's everyone but like the Patriots have been such like the big powerhouse amongst the four but then you look at like the Bruins and Celtics it's not like they've had like great years on great years so I'm Mm -hmm. just like you guys understand how these things work you're not going to contend every fucking year you're not gonna be the best especially not when you lose Tom Brady and then you're kind of in this quarterback situation. Now you do have Mac Jones who like definitely still has a lot to learn and Mm -hmm. has a long way to go, but like, Oh my God, you would think like literally they're like, okay, Bailey's that, like you said, like a shiny new toy comes in and there's like the fucking like Woody toy story. I'm like, I'm done playing now. (laughs) Yes. It's so funny. I do think though, like just because, and I feel this way about like the Dak Prescott situation, like he's coming back this week, but because like they were being like really successful with Cooper Rush and because the Patriots obviously have found success with Bailey Zappi, like I don't think in those situations you should rush your quarterbacks back. No, like I completely understand why people are like, well, why don't we continue to ride Zappi just for the time being, just because it still was at the beginning of this week questionable if Mac was going to play mm-hmm. this week. So it's like, all right, clearly he's not at a hundred. Like Zappy's working. Yeah. I even still if think Mac's the better quarterback, but yeah, like, yeah. why not? Same. And I, I, I think he that like, he's, yeah, he's the best quarterback in the situation right now if he's healthy. But even in that video I posted the other night, he's still very clearly favoring one ankle over the other, just walking yeah. around. And it's like, I don't think a Toradol shot is worth whatever damage you're going to put on it if you guys aren't in like that dire of a situation anyway and to be honest I wouldn't oops, sorry my reminder is going off I wouldn't put him in a situation to further injure himself when they don't and and I get that like teams at whatever point in the season don't really think this way until like god knows when but in the division they're in like honestly your playoff hopes are probably pretty dead right about now 
Yeah, I, it's so tough to tell, but yeah, just the division is so, their specific Ex- division, why risk yeah. putting Mackett more of an injury? Because he is your long-term guy. Yeah, yeah. And maybe, you know, that might change. It might not, but I, I think that Mac Jones does have to watch his back a little bit just in case, especially if he comes back injured and like has a bad game, has some turnovers, like the fans are really going to turn on him. And then somebody like might be giving him first team reps. Who knows? Oh, well, I'm like, first of all, Brian Hoyer's got to be like punching the air. <laughs> like that's yes. poor, like, fuck me. But also if Mac has a bad game this weekend, <laughs> Twitter is going to be so hilarious. I'm going to be the Kermit meme where he's like, <laughs> how oh, also- quickly they're all going to turn like, get the fuck out of here. Mm-hmm. My be reels going off. So smile. <laughs> Um, I had to do that. Sorry. That was basic, but whatever. Um, but yeah, so I, I think, I don't know, man, I, it's not that I'm praying on Mac Jones downfall, but I'm kind of praying on Mac Jones downfall. I just like the drama. <laughs> Me too. And I just like, and I know that we have so many new England listeners and I'm so sorry, but like, I kind of am enjoying watching you people suffer a little bit. <laughs> like I'm not silly. It's so silly. <laughs> I, the, the toy story memes is a good one. I do like that. <laughs> Um, couple other quick comments before I make some college football and we get into hockey. Uh, did you see Devonte Adams shoving that cameraman? Yes. Okay. What are your thoughts about it? Um, I will say, I thought his apology was very good. I am glad he took complete responsibility. It was like a heated moment, but like still completely took, um, uh, responsibility. But also I know the cameraman is pressing charges as he mm-hmm. should, yeah like he was just trying to do his job he did not do anything and also okay like that in that case like you'd be a fool not to press charges well I just like I disagree with you actually because I don't think that the apology he put out was genuine because he tried to like kind of blame the cameraman a little bit and it's like you can't tell me that you did not see a guy who was already standing there with a large piece of equipment in front of you. And it's not like you bumped into him. You full on shoved the guy with equipment that is not only expensive, but heavy. And I just like, um, my thing is, is it's like, even if you were in the heat of the moment, whatever, that would probably happen more often if that were true or he was, you know, whatever. But imagine if a member of the staff put their hands on him what would be happening right now yeah that's also very true like if anyone on staff put their hands on a football player that way it would be the fucking end of the world and okay if you realize that you fucked up why didn't you apologize or help him up in that moment yeah yeah I that was not a good look and I no. hope that guy gets the bag from <laughs> me too it's like I like Devonte, and do I think that it was probably a heat of the moment exchange absolutely but as someone who is a reporter and works on the sidelines and in the industry and stuff like that I care for my camera guys I'll go to bat for my camera guys they're there doing their job making you look good on tv and without those guys the game doesn't happen so you know you're out there doing your job the same way he's out there doing his he's not making your life harder don't put physical harm don't put your hands on anybody that like you know yeah. what I mean just like general thumb, don't, don't be doing that to anyone. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, like I, do I think Devontae deep down is a good guy? Yeah. Do I think that he obviously meant to do that? No, he was probably just pissed off, but like, I, I, I hope the guy gets the bag too. Like you gotta, you gotta, you gotta reap what you sow, dude. Yeah. 
Um, I think I have two more comments. One, I want to talk about the concussion protocol stuff really quick, just because that's been another point of emphasis. Tua Tagovailoa is coming back this week. I don't think that he should play again this season. No. <laughs> but I've been watching his press conferences, and he did say that he doesn't remember being carted off the field. And he remembers some stuff from the hospital, but it's like, one, why wasn't his original concussion taken more seriously? Two, why did it take all of this for us to get the concussion protocol stuff that we are getting now? And three, I feel like the concussion protocol stuff is being taken too far to a certain extent. Not that you can take it too far, but it's really fucking up the game a little bit just because it's now like basically the two of rule, you know? See, I don't know. I don't. I don't know if everyone knows this, but so I have a bone disorder in my skull. So I'm super, super prone to concussions. Like, and I got a concussion. That's how I fractured my skull. Actually, like my sophomore year of college, like typically would have just been like whatever bump up because I do have that. I'm more prone to concussions, more prone to Mm -hmm. fractures. So I had to go through like a whole like thing just about like basically skull safety. And like, that's why like I can never do another contact sport, whatever, like all this stuff. And they're like telling me, they're like, yeah, like basically they use the example of football player. They're like that type of impact. Like if you get one concussion and then you get another one, he's like, that's why CT. Then he's like, but the thing in football is like, it's so many untreated concussions Mm -hmm. for a while. Like I, I had a couple concussions that were just left completely untreated. And he was like, same thing can happen. You just continue to get those and they're going to get worse. So then if you get even one like minor hit to the head, it could be like, that's it. Like deadly. And the fact yeah. that the NFL of all like did not have like this like set policy, set standards for that, it's fucking insane. Insane. My thing is, is it's like you know that players are gonna lie when they go through concussion testing, especially a quarterback or an impact player, because mm-hmm. one, they want to play, they want to help their team. That's how they get their paycheck. They don't want to be out long term. A lot of these guys are fighting for a contract, like Tua Tagovailoa. He's got to have a good season to earn a contract. They're ahead of their division. They're playing really well. He knows the team needs him, so they're gonna lie. So it's like, how do we? not just make these concussion protocols so insane, but protect players by one, keeping them safe and noticing signs, but two, making sure that they feel comfortable not lying and risking their further mental health. Because what I can tell you is that Tua's going to play this season and he's going to take a couple more nasty hits. And I, God forbid, like hopefully he doesn't get concussed again. God fucking forbid. But even if that doesn't happen, like I said, God forbid, I see a lawsuit of the ages coming against the NFL from him when he is, you know, in his fifties, sixties, whatever, because this, that's one diddle that cannot be undid home skillet. You know, going off what you said, like, even if he doesn't get a concussion again, like just one, like him him stepping on the fields, a liability, not just for him, but for the league and not them thinking like, Oh, like gotta save the league's ass. But like you said, like once he's out of the league, like he has more than enough grounds already for a gigantic lawsuit against them. And we're seeing it all play out in real time. Especially because like once they fired that trainer or whatever, like that's, that's yeah, ground zero. Like that's, it's fucking free range at that point. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, so last, last comment I want to make, and then I'm going to quickly, we'll go to hockey stuff and come back to football just because we talked a lot of football. So we'll go hockey and come back to college football. 
Um, I just want to say the trade deadline's coming up. And the biggest story that I've noticed is that Christian McCaffrey, it seems that the Panthers are like selling everything, getting clearing house, like top to bottom players, everything. And the bills seem as though they might be potentially a favorite, which as if they weren't my Super Bowl favorites already, that would definitely make them my Super Bowl favorites. But it just makes me realize that the cap is fake and the rich get richer. And I don't know, are the bills becoming a fucking super team? We'll so that's all I got there. We'll come back to some college football stuff in a second. Let's move into NLL, PLL stuff, and then NHL, and I'll circle back. So we have two NLL notes. I will let you start with your first one. Yeah, just super quick. There's not a ton of lacrosse stuff going on right now. Um, training camp starting up at the end of the month for some teams. Pretty much all the rosters, like all free agency moves are done at this point. There's a couple like last minute signings, but for the most part, those are all done. So now we're just going to kind of see as teams go into training camp. I think Buffalo, I know, is starting up at the end of this month. Um, just kind of where, because there are, there is a lot of changes this off season. Yeah, in terms of I feel like we talked about trades. it a lot. Yeah, so I'm interested to see what the finalized roster is going to look like. Then also, I call this the biggest move of the off season. Congrats to Mackie on her role with Halifax as the communications. Woo! manager and a sideline reporter for the Thunderbirds I actually yeah. making a trip up to Halifax which will be interesting so. I am so happy for her like she deserves she deserves it more than anybody ever yes. like and she doesn't even that's the thing is like not to like rat Mackie out I know that she's like a little like nervous about it and stuff like that but I can't think of anyone who's more deserving or more prepared for this than her like when she was doing those calls by herself like if you can do that, girl, you can ask some questions on the sideline. Like, I'm so happy for her. So proud of her. Like, she's really changing shit in women, like in the women's sphere of covering lacrosse. And I mm-hmm. just feel like I have chills right now. I'm just, I feel so blessed to be friends with Mackie. Yeah. I think she is the most like exciting, like lacrosse media, like up Me and coming person. Me too. 1000%. I cannot say like enough. Nice things. I cannot say enough nice things about her. She knows her shit. She's funny. Like she's a, the sweetest girl ever. Like I just, I'm so proud of her and I'm so happy for her. And I'm glad that you put that on our notes. Yes. Mackie Stan club always. We definitely will have to have her on again. Yeah. Maybe before the season, we can do like a crossover episode, kind of get her to preview some stuff. That would be fun. Yeah, for sure. All right. NHL stuff. Let's start with the Bruins. Cause we got a lot of questions about that on Twitter, Sarah. I am happy for you, but let's go. <laughs> okay. Well, I know I said probably like the last few months, I was like, no, Bruins are not going to trick me. They're not going to get me in. I, I've seen enough. I'm all in. Yep. <laughs> they look so fucking good. And they are without Brad Marchand. They're without Charlie McAvoy. They're without Matt Grizzlick. You know, Brandon Carlo's out. Jake DeBrus. Well, I'll get more into Jake DeBrus. But the check line of Krejci pasta mm-hmm. and pavel zaka chef's kiss i fucking love the czechs i love the czech republic <laughs> so i i i know that like we have a ton of notes to talk about for hockey but i i think my first like thing that i want to talk about is was the jim montgomery move like the best thing that could have happened for this team i really like the style of hockey that jim montgomery's putting out there me and too I know- he said, he's like, yeah, and I want to play the youth more. And we're kind of seeing those, like, Jack Stemik is in the lineup tonight for the first time this season. Mm-hmm. And I saw, I really like this comment from Jim Montgomery. He was like, 
I know there's a lot of frustration on Stanika's end because like I was saying like, yeah, we're going to play the young guys and he hasn't been playing. He's like, I want him to get his opportunity and then go out there and give me a reason to never take him out of the lineup again. Yes. Yes. (laughs) That was my issue. That was my issue with Bruce Cassidy was it felt like he had like something out for the young guys. It was like he would throw them in like this random game, like day of, they'd be fourth line, they'd get like seven minutes on ice. And then you're just like, well, you had this one turnover or you fucked up like on this like line change. And then you didn't see it again for like 40 games. (laughs) That's the thing is like these young guys in order to reach their potential, in my opinion, need to play with the older guys and they need to play with the best of the best. You Mm -hmm. have that on your team right now and if you can get that for that kid and he can learn from them and get some experience you're building your future to maybe even be better than it was when they were winning a stanley cup like you have the ability to do that and if you can do that with young guys and you give those young guys those opportunities and the worst thing that could happen is you're right back where you were you know like give those young guys opportunities to play with good guys and you might get some good out of it. And I really appreciate that he's willing to do that because it seems like that might be something that was missing all along. A thousand percent. Yeah. I really like his coaching style. And I feel like obviously, you know, you never know how these coaching changes are going to go. It really feels like all these guys are buying into it. Like I've seen, you know, like the Bergerons, like the Felinos, they're going to buy into it. But I will say Felino, what I really like, he's looked so, so much better just in these first four games. You know, I was very iffy. I kind of didn't love that. I was like, you're going to play the youth, but then like you put Felino on waivers and then bring him back up because no one claims him. Like I get he's a veteran, like super respectable, but I was like, he just kind of like a waste for this team last year. He's looked so good this year. I think he's really taken on that role as a fourth liner. Mm -hmm. I know he's a good, obviously he's a good presence in the locker room and a good veteran leader but he's just looked so much better and really just having him be like playing a good game on your fourth line just balances everything out so much. You know, that top line I think looks really good. And that's without Marshawn. Once he comes back, I'm like those, like that top six is insane. And then you just have so many like young guys. I love AJ Greer. I think he's been such a like sneaky, good addition to this team. And I know he loves being a Bruin. So you love seeing that. But again, mm-hmm. my biggest thing, we just because we have talked about Jake DeBrus so much, Jake DeBrus is playing some of the best hockey of his fucking life. And yes. I could not be more happy for someone. We have been on the fucking Jake DeBrusque bandwagon since the beginning. And I want people to know that. And I will not shut the fuck up about it. I I see that you have you gatekeeping the Jake DeBrusque bandwagon. Oh, yeah. And I am with you because every single, a bunch of my girlfriends have been going to Bruins games lately and they'll text me about it and like, be like, oh, you know, like who, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, I don't care what you know about the Bruins. All you need to know is that you love Jake DeBrusque and you stand Jake DeBrusque. I don't give a fuck about anything else at all. Well, so a Tony Maz, we all know yep. how we feel about, um, their sports cover or their hockey coverage in general. Yes. But he made a tweet the other day and I never got anyone on Twitter. Definitely not him. Cause I don't want to deal with the fallout of those people, but he made a comment. He's like, Jake DeBrus looks like a completely different hockey player. So I quoted, it was like, maybe try watching more than one game per season. I so saw I this like, and I did like it. I like Jake DeBrus has been a good player. Okay. Mm-hmm. He's been a good player. Yes. He's a streaky player, 
But that's all a combination of Bruce Cassidy. Again, not mm-hmm. to put the entire blame on Bruce Cassidy. I think there's a lot of behind the scenes stuff. I know Agree. it sounds like DeBrus was never really like mentally fully there. But Accountability has his, to be at some yeah, point though. Play him on his offside, you know, flip-flopping him all throughout the lines, healthy scratching him like more than anyone else. Like then he also had injuries like on top of everything. And like, but when Jake Brusque is like on, like he is a top six for the team. Yeah. And that's why it was so important, I think, that he didn't end up getting traded as so many people were calling for yep. and so many people were expecting because now it's like you have this guy who's fully back on board, like is such a contributor to this team, such a consistent They're using team. him properly. Yeah. And I'm like, if you want to make a run at the cup, like Jake DeBrus is an important part of Big that. Big part of that. So I know that you try to avoid the smoke with people as much as possible. But I have to say that I love this, Sarah. I love when you like go at people because you're right and you know your shit. And honestly, like if you're going to give it to anybody, I'm glad that it's those guys because one, their their hockey coverage sucks. And two, we've been screaming it for a year and a half now. Fucking hire a girl. And I'm like, it doesn't have to be like some like big name. Just get some other voices in there, especially if you're going to try and talk hockey. Like, I don't care if they're doing rejoins for commercials. I don't give a fuck. Like, it doesn't even, even if you don't hire a girl at all, at least hire someone for hockey. But like a girl would be, you know, cool and diverse (laughs) in your fucking workplace. But I'm just like, it pains me because they ride off the fact like, oh, like Maz covered the Bruins in 2000. I'm like, okay so did yeah, felger like felger used to fight for life felger used to be the bruins guy but it's like you guys oh, yeah, are you felger, guys are okay you guys are patriots and celtics people now yeah. and everyone knows that and you're pa- and i will say they're patriots and celtics coverage i listen to it i like it they're very educated and they have good takes but when mike felger is the voice of the bruins logic in fucking boston <laughs> That's a problem because he's covering the team like he would have 10 years ago and like nothing changed. Yeah. So like, you could already tell, like at that game at, at Ottawa, like Swayman had a bad game. Like he was the first one to say, like, I'm gonna make it up to yeah. my teammates, but teammates, but all of a sudden it's like, oh, Swayman, like blah blah blah. It's like the same thing with like fucking Mac Jones and Billy Bailey Zappi. I'm like, no, mm-hmm. like you guys don't understand how these things work. If you're gonna mm-hmm. talk hockey, you have to like accept. Okay, your goaltender is not, they're going to have a bad game every once in mm-hmm. a while. That does not make any swim in any less of a good goaltender. Like mm-hmm. the Bruins have one of the best goaltending tandems yes. in the league. Easily. Yes. We've said the this. Goaltending is not an issue for them. No. And it wasn't last year either. No. Which is so, why when people were like, oh, with like, God knows I fucking love Tuka, but they're like, oh, why can't we send Linus Allmark? I'm like, you need Allmark. You need him. <laughs> and you can't. Yeah, I'm like, you literally just like cap-wise and contract-wise, no. he cannot be sent No, down. no. They Ca- don't grasp that. Or when people were saying he should be traded last year, but he has like a no-trade clause. Yeah. Like, sh- <laughs> shut the fuck up. Shut up. Ugh. Just read, like, do an ounce of research before you make these insane claims. And again, God, imagine if we didn't have, have Allmark right now, who the fuck we would have. It would have mm-hmm. been some random from the draft or like, bottom of the barrel trade at the deadline again or somebody from fucking providence that doesn't need to be called up yeah has had no experience up yet which they don't need experience up right now because we have such a good goalie tandem yeah so my last Bruins question for you before we move into your flyers notes 
the defense was obviously the biggest issue for us in the postseason last year slash towards like the end of the stretch of the season. Like that was our concern as the team headed into like kind of free agency and the off season and that kind of stuff. Where are you at as far as your feelings in the first few games about the changes that they've made and their development and the coaching on the defense in particular? I think so with the defense this year, clearly it's tough to tell because you are without McAvoy and Grizzlick and Carlo now. I will say I have to give a shout out to Connor Clifton. I've always been very harsh on him. I think he yeah. looks really good this year. Okay. He's looked very good this year. And I think he stepped up because he knows he has to step up. Quinnipiac He's been someone King. that I've always been like trade bait. Like I don't really care for Connor Clifton's game. I like his style of hockey when he's getting physical, but I think he takes a lot of dumb penalties and makes mm-hmm. a lot of stupid moves at times. But I think he's really starting to like, I mean, what's now his, cause I think he made his debut in 2019. So he's been in the league now for a few years and it yeah. seems like he's starting to like, really like figure out those type of things. And again, he's stepped up. I think I always thought it was very weird when Mike Riley was placed on waivers a couple weeks ago. Cause I yeah. think Mike Riley's very underrated but, again. Yeah. His stats don't really paint him as a very solid defenseman. I think Mike Riley is pretty solid. I don't, obviously you don't love him. I don't dislike him at all. And Riley on the top, or not top, but Riley's up there with Lindholm on the top pairing right now. But I'm like, Mm -hmm. that's not forever. It's just right now without McAvoy. Um, I think campus Lindholm looks great. He's exactly what I thought he was going to be. Yeah. I was going to say he's been like kind of what he was promised to be, which I think is like the best case scenario. Yeah. Especially given the fact that like, okay, we're going to give you this like seven year contract after Mm -hmm. he had never even played a game with the Bruins. Definitely a risk, but I think it was a very important investment, especially when you do have McAvoy locked up too. And then he feels valued and appreciated, which I think is an undervalued aspect of sports. Yeah. I think Hampus Lindholm is so fucking cute. I love Hampus yeah. Lindholm. Yeah. <laughs> and then Derek Forbert, another one, looked great, I think. I think these last couple years, he's another we guy. We were hard on him too. Under the radar, but he's very good. Very, and again, another one that stepped up like Clifton. We were very hard on him towards the end of last season. So, you know, and like, that's the thing. I I, I will say working in sports media, it's a little tough sometimes. And I feel like any any level of sports media can agree with this. There are times where you have to be hard on people. And I think it's okay for players to prove the media wrong. Like, that's what I want you to do. Like, I think people think that reporters and analysts and stuff like that always want to be right. And it's like, no, I'm pro player. Like, I would love for you to prove me wrong. But my job is to currently cover you and what's currently happening. And I'm going to be honest about it, but I love when players like kind of make people question what they said ahead of time. Like, especially with like Tony Maz and fucking Jake DeBrusque or like whoever with whoever, like I, I, I enjoy that about sports. Like I want players to do well. I want players to earn money. I want them to have good careers. And I think that that's like the negative side of it sometimes is that part of your job is to be harsh on people, but it's like, I'm, I'm happy for guys like that because not only are you maybe having like a second wind of your career, but like you're giving me something to circle back on. And I appreciate that. Yeah. That's kind of how I feel with Nick Foligno. Cause I really was like, get this man off my team. I respect his career. I respect him as like a veteran leader. Like there is no place for him on this roster, but mm-hmm. you know, he's proven everyone wrong. Like, he's looked really good. And I'm glad that he's assimilated in that role as the fourth line, especially now that we do know like Jim Malcolm is like, I'm going to play a lot of young guys. I think it's important to have a guy like that on the fourth line. So it was like, okay, here's a guy who's been in the league for so long now. Yeah. All right, Flyers knows what you got, girl. 
Okay, well, when I wrote these notes at the time, the Flyers were undefeated. They lost last night. I kind of just assumed they would lose last night. They were playing the second half of a back-to-back. They won against the Tampa Bay Lightning on Tuesday. Mm -hmm. Last night, they had to play the Florida Panthers, and the Panthers looked really fucking good. I don't know if it's going to be the same situation as last year where they are fucking powerhouse all season and then choke in the playoffs, but also, like, now they have Matthew Kachuk, so that's a huge addition they've they're really scary but I will say I like wrote it in my article the other day very like optimistic about the Flyers team not that I think they're going to make the playoffs I made that very clear I'm like if the Flyers finish above 500 or even at 500 I'll consider that a successful season I was just (laughs) gonna say coming from where they were last year Like, I think that the only way that they could go was up. And like, it's weird for me because I, towards the end of last season, I was kind of checking out their farm system and it's like, I don't think, no, but it's like, I just, I don't know where this came from. And I like, say what you will about John Tortorella. I know he's a very like polarizing, polarizing human. He is exactly what this Flyers team needed. I know, like, speaking, like, player-wise, like, he's not someone that's ever going to probably be your favorite coach, but they did put an emphasis to, like, again, like, that typical Tortorella, like, it was a hard uh, training camp, like, conditioning-wise, like, we're definitely physically fit. He's like, there, I think it was Kevin Hayes that he's like, everyone's working really hard because you don't have a choice. If you don't work hard for those full 60 minutes of the game and you don't work hard in practice, you don't work hard in training camp, he's not going to play you. You're not going to see the ice. And Tortorella, like Montgomery, was like, I'm going to play the young guys. Like, you know, they have so many young guys to the point where it's like, you don't know what direction they're going in because they have so many like young play, young and experienced players who it's like, okay, this isn't really an NHL roster right now. Yeah. But I don't know. I think one, the biggest difference I've seen from them is that they can play a full 60 minutes. They've came in their three wins. They came from behind in all three of them last year. If the other team scored first, the flyers only won five games all year. And then they lost 36 of those games in regulation. I think it was four in overtime. If the other team scored first. So already off to a better start in that sense. I think Carter Hart it's getting to small sample size. I think if he could stay healthy, he looks a lot better than he did last year. I mean, again, three starts, not much you can go off of, but he, I know is a polarizing figure for Flyers fans because they have had so many goaltending issues over the years that yeah. there's never that one set guy. And it's kind of like what you mentioned with like NFL, like quarterbacks, like there's so many guys that come in all hyped up, like, oh yeah, this guy could be a Vesna winner. For mm-hmm. in the NHL and then they just don't perform up to standards and I just don't think that's fair yeah I, I think it's kind of similar to like and I, I don't think that Torts and Bruce Cassidy are comparable by any means but like I think that both teams last year kind of had the issue with like not playing young talent and mm-hmm. by getting rid of Bruce Cassidy you kind of eliminated that option and now young guys are going to be getting some turns and it's like the same thing with the flyers and it's like i think the same thing with the bruins that i do with the flyers your young guys if they can come out and like have an adrenaline game and turn something around build your future a little better like i'm all for that and i like that people are even if you know you're a starter like i think that you should always be looking over your shoulder and i like that about tortorella is that like i feel like he doesn't care who you are if somebody else he thinks is deserving of getting ice time 
that's who he's going to play. And I like that mentality, even if he is kind of that, like you said, polarizing human. Yeah. And I think that's something that's so important because Tortorella is this polarizing human that you have your veterans, especially this Flyers team, because they don't have a ton of veterans. Like it is a majority of young guys, but it's so important that those uh, veterans do buy into what he's selling. And like TK already is off to a way better start. And like, I know he's another one, like in Philadelphia, they're like, oh, like, does it seem like he wants to be here? Like, seems miserable, all this stuff. Like, he's looked really, really good. Kevin Hayes has had nothing but good things to say. And I know people are trying to like spin the whole thing that, um, because he, I think Kevin Hayes had the A last year after obviously Claude Drew was traded, but then Tortorella took away the A's from everyone. He's like, we are not going to name a captain yet. And yeah. people were upset about that because Kevin Hayes, I obviously he's a Boston guy. Like everyone loves Kevin Hayes. They're like, he's a veteran. Like, why would you take the A from him? I just think the whole thing, like, I don't think it was a dig at him. I think it's Tortorella's coming in. It's like, this is a complete reset. Like what was going on last year is not happening again. Yeah. Like you're going to earn everything. Nothing's yep. going to be handed out. I don't hate that move. Me either. <laughs> I think that that's phenomenal coaching. If you ask me, earn like, it. Cam Atkinson, another veteran guy who's like last year the clubhouse had a like country club feel to it he's like that's not what anyone wants and already like completely different environment I think that's so key when you're developing so many young players that they not just like okay no one gives a fuck like I can do whatever I want like there's a lot more structure and like you have that fire under your ass because you know if you're not working 200% you're not going to ever see playing time Especially because it's not like you're coming in to like a Bolts team or a Hurricanes team or something like that. Like you're coming into a bottom of the barrel team. I don't really give a fuck who you are. There's so much opportunity. Yeah. Uh, Before we move on from the flyer stuff, I just have to say, I think it's safe that we are now a Philly sports podcast (laughs) at this point. Like, are are we just going to start covering the Sixers too? Like- I'm like, we just got to integrate like Boston, Jacksonville, and now Philly all in one. Yeah. Fuck it. All right. What you got next, girl? <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, I put David Quinn is not him. Oh, I missed that. <laughs> oh, man. Do you feel bad for him? To an extent, I do. I mean, I don't know. He butchered that Rangers team. <laughs> And it's not like he had the talent that he did that the Rangers have now. Mm-hmm. You know, I didn't love him be you. And now like the Sharks, again, it's not like you're walking in like, all right, here's, I don't know, the Calgary Flames or something like this top tier team. I just am like, so. Like for 4, over 5 to start. That's brutal. I'm s- <laughs> I don't even want to watch the games. Like, especially because they're mostly West Coast games. Like, yeah, why so the late. fuck? dude why would I stay up for this no like well, I was like looking at the uh flyer schedule I actually have it up right now and like their next game Saturday at, uh, at Nashville but then Sunday they're playing again it's a back-to-back I'm like well they're playing the Sharks so like they might not I was like that could be a good like get back on track it you know when you're like looking as a Philadelphia Flyers person at oh the Sharks could be a good get right <laughs> I know it sucks yeah. And it's like, here's the thing. Like, I want to feel bad for him because I do know that it's not completely his fault. Yeah. But at the same time, I'm just like, it's hard for me to feel bad for him because I'm sitting here on the receiving end of it. 
I feel like it's just weird because the Sharks, like, again, they weren't this top contending team last year either, but they had like flashes of like, okay, this is exciting for the future. Like this yeah. guy could be someone like, there's been nothing exciting from what I've seen. No, literally nothing. And it's like, I don't even have any hope. Like, I feel like we're kind of at the point where we even are going to get rid of Timo. Oh, that would be awful. But also like, I don't know. Like it kind of does seem like that. He has value, you know, like something's got to happen and it's like, okay, well now you have a new coach. And it's like, if he wants to kind of sell the ship, you got to let him because it's now his team and you gave him the reins. Like you can't really be like, "Mm, you can keep what we used to have for your idea of a rebuild. Like you just, you can't (laughs) do that, you know? Oh, so it's like, he's like pretty much the only thing we have of value at the moment. Like we traded what's his name Middleton last year to like fucking Minnesota he had like a small amount of value and it's like I don't see them getting rid of anybody else all of our big guys are gone like or close to it like that's that's fucking it that's it yeah sharks are oh I just pray to god like can and I'm so thankful for the bucks but I stuck through all of that for my entire life can one of my fucking teams just (laughs) have a winning fucking season like, I don't think I'm asking for a whole lot. Like, I'm in it. Like, what the fuck, dude? Like, I'm so angry. Like, with the Giants fucking sucking, not only the Sharks going through what they're going through and us probably having to get rid of everybody, but it's like all the fucking drama going on with them now. And then the Jags suck and can't seem to get it right. We went through the fucking Urban Meyer bullshit last year. And now, I mean, the Bucks are like my only saving grace. That's it. Yeah. And it's like, I waited 25 years for that. They were the laughing stock of the league my entire childhood. Like I fucking earned that. And now I'm just like, I hate it. It's driving me Ugh. fucking nuts. Ugh. Okay. Anyways, moving on before I get even more angry. <laughs> um, I didn't have any like big, oh, well, I do have my Stanley cup pick, but I'll save that for a little bit. Um, okay. The Canucks have blown a lead in all four of their games. I did not know They that. are 0 for 3, 0, 3 and 1. They've blown a lead in every single one of their games. I mean, that's obviously a problem, obviously, like that's not even a question, but it's like, how do you manage that? And then two, how do you recover from that? That's the thing. I'm like, that's not even like something you can like go over and practice and be like, like, yeah, you can pick up like specific moments on the ice where things started melting down. But if you're blowing all four leads, that's like a mentality issue. (laughs) Yeah. Like, and honestly, it's a coaching issue too. Like (laughs) that's a coaching issue. Like whoever, like really bad. I haven't watched any of their games because I mostly been watching sharks when I'm up Bruins flyers because of you and the canes and the bolts, but it's like, how, like, how do you not make some sort of adjustment or accountability or whatever? Because like, I know that this is crazy to say, but if my team was doing that, I would be like, all right, young guys, this is your fucking time to shine. Like you go out there and run this fucking team. You can sit on the bench if you have had any sort of contribution in this. It's just like the Canucks have a good roster. Great roster. That you like, yeah, you're not like, I don't think they're guaranteed lock for the playoffs by any means. The Canucks are going to Canuck, but like they have the potential on their roster right this second. And I'm like, hopefully this is just a tough start and they're going to turn it around and things get better. But I'm like, that is not good. Like just team mentality wise to start off your season, not just Owen four, but Owen four, because you blew a lead in all four games. Can I just say that I have wanted so much more for Brock Besser in his career? Yeah. 
Truth. He does not deserve this. He deserves the world. And I know this is so far not it. No, I feel so bad. Like, I love him. Like, I love him. And the media did him kind of dirty last year. And I just. And he just signed a big contract with them, too. And like, and this thing is with him. <laughs> I know. Yeah. Um, couple more notes. I know that you have a new Stanley Cup pick. I don't know who it is. And I see that you have the Leafs meltdown versus the Coyotes in here, which is my original Stanley Cup pick. And I'm not feeling great. <laughs> which I'm like, okay, again, like I was just saying, with those type of things happen. You're going to like blow the lead, like whatever. That was a fucking meltdown. And it's the fact it came to the Coyotes. That's yes. Just, like, that's that's concerning <laughs> that's like losing to the sharks yeah i'm like I, you guys are prompted to be top of the league like cup they're favorites. cursed i'm like you just blew a lead and let the coyotes win four to two like they are cursed meltdown. drake curse brutal uh that is funny. do you want to talk about my last note or your last note first um uh, I'll give my last note so that we can kind of go into yours. Okay. My new Stanley Cup pick after a week of the regular season, New York Rangers. Oh, okay. Why? Not that I'm like anti-Rangers. Like obviously they had a great year last year. I just, I didn't know if you felt like that was a fluke or if everyone kind of felt that way or if everyone's like on the Rangers now. See, I feel like last year, the Rangers definitely, I was like, yeah, they're definitely going to make the playoffs. They have some of the best goaltending, if not right now besides Tampa like second best that I think it's very close call at this point and it's going to be tough for Igor to replicate that season he had but he's more than capable yeah I think last year the Rangers it was like okay like we're getting further than we thought they've always been someone like they have such a low farm system they have such promising young players it's like okay a couple years down the line super young that's how I kind of felt last year at the beginning of the season with them I was like yeah like they have the potential but I think more like up and coming years I think this is the year for them. Like what I've seen from them just in the couple games I've watched, they're a powerhouse. I think they made like that game against Tampa, like the lightning couldn't keep up with the Rangers. That's no, point. like they were getting, I think they're just played. old though. That That's also true. Tampa and the Rangers old. are so young. I would say they're young. They're a close team. Like everyone's into the culture of the Rangers are building there. I, I, that's my family cup pick. I would not be mad at that at all, at all. I would, I would not be mad at that at all. Cause I, there's, I don't think there's a single person on that roster that I dislike. They have such a likable roster. It kills me because they are a New York team. Yeah. But that was like why last year I'm like, I have to cheer for this team. They have such yeah. likable players. Yeah. I don't even care. Like if, and that's the thing is it's like, yeah, you obviously have biases based off of who you cheer for or where you're from. But it's like when a team is likable, like they're just likable, like the yeah. bills for me. I don't love Bills fans. Like I do love Bills fans because they're crazy, but it's like they're too crazy at times, but I just love their roster. Like, so I feel like I can cheer for them. Sorry, like I gotta pop my neck. Um, Yeah, I'm like Josh Allen. How could someone not like Josh? Yeah, Josh (laughs) Allen, Stefan Diggs. Like I am a big Stefan Diggs fan. Like he just has immaculate vibes. Like Mm -hmm. I I just, it's the same thing for me. Like I don't love New York teams, never have, but I, they're, that's it for me. Yeah, I would not- Again, pains me to say this, but I wouldn't be upset if the Rangers won Stanley Cup, not just because they're my Stanley Cup pick, just because I think they are far and away one of the best teams in the league. And 
when they're on, like they're scary. Yeah. <laughs> they're a scary team. Yeah. Um, I want to talk about this really quick. Obviously, if you're involved in the hockey community, you know what's going on with Ian Cole over, I would say, the last six months. Um, I'm not really going to get into the prior uh, situation with him on the Hurricanes just because we obviously know some people involved with it. Um, But if you know about that, you know about that. And it kind of leads into some accusations against Ian Cole that were released about a week or two ago um, about him grooming young women. Um, And I, I have two issues with this. Uh, one, if it's very much a trigger warning, if you want to look into this, if you haven't already, I'm going to trigger warn you that it is very in depth. If you are triggered by sexual assault at all, I would just avoid this segment and keep going for a minute or don't look into it. But he was accused of like grooming young women. And that is a very, very, very serious accusation. And it was gone within three days swept under the rug. Basically, I think all they did was ask him, did you do it? And that was it because it was gone way too quick for anything else. And the other thing that I want to mention about this is that when the story broke, Emily Kaplan tweeted and released that the NHL in the year 2022 does not have a specific domestic violence policy. Mm. And once again, on this show, we are talking about a domestic violence issue in a professional sport, which we talk about almost every fucking week, a new accusation, a new allegation, a new person found guilty. And in the year 2022, your league doesn't have a policy for what? This happens almost every fucking week. Why? I did see there like one effort to contact the woman was just tweeting at her, like, please message us. And then they're like, well, she never, never reached out. And then that was, 24 hours before they release like he's clear it's gross and I did notice that obviously there's some stuff going on with him and his family they don't have pictures up of each other anymore I hope his wife is okay after the scandal earlier this year the biggest story for me here is just the fact that there is no policy because we see this time and time again in every single league. Honestly, the NBA is the only one that we probably haven't talked about in a year and a half of this show, a year and a half of this show, almost every single week we talk about this and it is a very prominent issue in sports and you don't even have a policy. That's, that's all I have to say about it, but it's just, it's, it's shocking to me that we are still here and still going through all this shit right now. And we're constantly talking about it and you can't even bother (laughs) to have a fucking policy. So that being said, I want to move into, uh, I'm going to skip college football. If you want to talk college football, tune into my stream on Saturday. Not a whole lot to say other than that Auburn sucks and fuck Alabama. I'm glad Tennessee beat them. Although I do want your thoughts on Tennessee asking people to contribute to a GoFundMe or whatever for a hundred thousand dollar fine and buying a new goalpost. I saw that. Fucking ridiculous. Um, I also have a couple quick thoughts about the NBA before we move into our closing segments because Sarah's got to go. Um, Draymond Green punching Jordan Poole and then basically having no repercussions for it is fucking wild to me. Like that video's nuts. That video is wild and people are so torn about it. And it's like, I feel people are like, well, Jordan Poole probably released it, blah, blah, blah. I don't, 
I, I even if he did like that's still like that fucking sucks and how do you recover from that oh I was brutal and it honestly just felt like a vacation for Draymond Green and he got a whole week off it wasn't during the season he missed three days of practice and honestly he's probably going to make money from this because he got to sit around and record his podcast <laughs> and have clickbait for people to go listen to his podcast about it like you're gonna make fucking money from this like that's ridiculous that you can punch a teammate and make money for it I didn't realize he was get like paid during that time yeah like I mean he- I don't know if he was suspended without pay or whatever, but like your podcast is going to get clicks because of it because everyone's talking about it and wants to hear what you have to say. So we know how that works. Um, I got to say, I like the attitude that the Celtics had in the game against Philly the other night, because I think that they definitely got to grow a backbone with what they're about to go through this season. Um, And my only other note was that it feels too soon for hockey and basketball to be back, but I already said that. Um, Our closing segments, pop culture shit, Sarah, what you got? Uh, oh, I think we have overlapping because I have It's two. okay. I, I have, I there we go. Okay. We're fixed. So I have two for pop culture. I have one more Olivia Wilde, Harry Styles, Jason Sudeikis. Everything just gets weirder. I don't know if you saw this. Apparently like- She got rid of her dog. Is, oh, I didn't even see that. I'm like, did you see how Jason like laid under her car? Because Olivia, like, I guess she was secretly dating Harry while she was still with Jason and he figured it out, whatever. And at the whole time, Jason was like, yeah, she's still like texting, like all like this loving stuff, like we'd be in bed together. And then I guess she like went to like sneak away. And I don't know why this was so specifically detailed. Olivia Wilde wanted to bring Harry Styles a special salad she made with some weird. Yes, I saw this. Okay. Jason laid out in front of the car so she couldn't bring in the salad. It's the most insane. Like, it just gets weird and weird. I'm like, we know way too much about these people. You decide to go through a divorce and in that moment, you prioritize taking the guy you're cheating on your husband with that you just decided to get a divorce with, this special salad that you make. I also, about the dog, I saw that she got rid of her dog so that she could spend more time on the road with Harry. I just hate her more and more. And, I, and I'm really starting to dislike Harry. I'm starting person. to hate him. That was what I was going to say. I is love like, his music. And like, I still love One Direction. Still holding out that one day. I'm like, him as a person, I'm kind of out on at this me point. Too. Which is so painful to say. Because we are just, Harry fans here. Yeah, it but. just sucks that like, we as like women who like men, unfortunately, <laughs> well, I do half the time, you do all the time. Uh, like it just sucks that like women in general put him on such a pedestal for like dressing how he wanted and like being a part of like the movement for the feminine gaze and advocating for women's rights and stuff like this. But now like you're basically just like a side piece fuck boy. And like, I, I don't know if you've seen all this stuff with James Corden. No, I guess he's just like a raging piece of shit, which I'm like, yeah, I could have probably told you that if he just like gives off those vibes. But it was like business owners were giving their specific accounts of like bad interactions they've had with James Corden. And one of them was like, oh yeah, he was at dinner with Harry Styles. And people were like, you are who your friends are. Like the company you keep, like that's you. And like coming out of the James Corden piece of shit, which again, why that's news, I don't know. I could have easily guessed that. Yeah, But I'm like, he's friends with a lot of people that I'm like, "Mm." so I'm like, maybe Harry's just sucks as a person too. I don't know. Yeah. Kind of that 
I'm kind of coming to that reality, which sucks, but like, it's true just because, I mean, he's an Aquarius. What did we expect? Like truly, <laughs> like he's an Aquarius man. I he's am pretty to look at. He makes good music. Yeah. Well, on top of all the queer baiting shit that's going on and he's being accused of, I'm kind of just like, mm, all right. Um, we had a similar note, the Selena and Haley Bieber picture. I, people dug way too far into this. I really think it was just a publicity thing. I still think yeah. that they fucking hate each other's guts. Well, I was like, okay, neither of them posted it themselves. Like neither of them have acknowledged the picture in any way. It's very clear. It's like, can you guys get a picture together? And then all mm-hmm. these like publicity, like places are posting it. So I'm like, there is nothing to read into on this. Like, it's just like, probably because now that's back in the news since Haley went on Call Her Daddy. Yep. And Selena's Definitely. documentary coming out. Yep. Which I think that Haley going on Call Her Daddy was just to get ahead of the documentary because they're yeah. about to be exposed for like cheating or whatever. So that's how I feel about that. Um, my pop culture shit is I just want to say that Kanye West can absolutely rot in hell. Like I'm tired yep. of making excuses for this man. I'm tired of him having a platform. I think that it should be an Andrew Tate situation take him off the fucking internet. Like seriously, delete his profiles. I don't give a shit. Like I'm, I I don't, I don't understand what the fuck he's going through, but like he needs to be, I no, no, like mental issues aside, like again, mental health always priority. I'm like, I'm sorry. That man just has so much hate in his heart. Like, yeah. Between the Nazi comment, like the white lives yep. matter, like all that shit. And I'm like, no, that's just a genuinely bad person. Yes. I, mental Don't give him a platform. Mental health can be an excuse for a lot of behavior at times, but like not for you just being a hateful ass person. Like it just Donald Trump was like, yeah, like he needs to calm down. He needs help. Yeah. And that's how, you know, it's a problem. (laughs) Um, Sarah doesn't have a tea party this week, but I do just because it's been kind of in the news over the last two weeks. And I know that Sarah may have seen it may have not. Do you know who Lana Rhodes is? I know who she is. Yeah. Okay. So there's been a lot of conversation about her, like that baby daddy situation, like not getting any child support not in the kid's life, like basically told her to get fucked when she was pregnant. And the entire internet has come to the conclusion that they know they, we knew that it was an NBA player, but the baby came out and it is literally Blake Griffin's like spawn. <laughs> yeah. So it has to be Blake Griffin, right? Yeah. Like, again, I barely follow the NBA and I saw that picture before even reading the captions. Like, that looks like Blake Griffin. I'm he just can't deny that kid. And he has such a, like, distinct face. I'm like, dude. <laughs> it just sucks because, like, I don't see Blake Griffin that way. So it's like, I'm holding no. out. Yeah, like, I don't see him, like, being an asshole or, like, not paying child support because God knows he has it. And I, like, have never seen him be, like, over overly, like, dickish to people. So I'm just kind of like, if this like comes out when this kid's 18 or whatever, like I'm really going to hate Blake Griffin. Yeah. That'll be very important. Cause yeah, again, I don't know a ton of NBA players, but I obviously know Blake Griffin and he's one of the ones I'm like, oh yeah, I like him. He's like a good guy. Yeah. Yeah. So that sucks if that's true, but I'm kind of just like, there's no denying that that's gotta be Blake Griffin's kid, dude. Yeah. Um, I just wanted to know your thoughts there. I see you don't have a tweet of the week. I have one tweet of the week before we close out. I have to say, I feel really bad for Gab Booty because she had a fire tweet the other week of Kyler Murray in that green suit saying that he looked like Hillary Clinton. And I saw every platform from pro football focus to good morning football, everyone fucking rip Gab off on that tweet and not give her credit. So I, that was a great tweet. It was funny as hell. And these fucking platforms, like I know shit gets recycled, but like, goddamn. 
especially when they like post a screenshot of the actual tweet and then go out of their way to take it like really mm-hmm. <laughs> like good morning football literally used her quote and didn't claimed it as their own whatever same with like pro football focus she was like clapping back at a couple people like that's just a good tweet and I, it's happened to me it's happened to the best of us like that just yeah. it always sucks when it does because it always gets more interaction than your tweet yeah. someone else stole it so, so annoying um any closing thoughts nope I just want to say thanks for all the love and support the last few weeks. You guys are awesome. Happy to be back. Keep on sipping y'all and we'll see you next week. If you ever want to slice, that's the truth. Only tell the truth. What the hell you do? You got that juice. Fresh squeeze to Q. I can tell you new and it ain't just you. Girl, it ain't just you. It's your whole damn crew. Got the haters on mute. Cause they love that view. Keep looking at you. Ain't nothing new. This is not their world. They know you run the city, every town, every borough. They know you keep it real, keep it classy, keep it thorough. But Sundays are for the boys, but Saturdays for the girls. Get them girls, get them girls. Cause this is not their world. They know you run the city, every town, every borough. They know you keep it real, keep it classy, keep it thorough. But Sundays are for the boys, but Saturdays for the girls. Get them girls, get them girls. Saturday, y'all. Uh, Saturdays and Celsius. <laughs> With your host, Kendra and Sarah. Uh, y'all know who it is. It's your boy KR. Spot a kiss on the track. <laughs> Let's go. Uh, uh.